What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Post Game Show. I'm Jim, and I'm joined for the episode by Natalie and Jack. If you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Spreaker. Let's also shout out our affiliates, FullPressCoverage.com and BellyUpSports.com. While you're listening to the episode, go ahead over to HWHockey.net, check out our site. Before we get to the game, let me tell you real quick about our sponsor. More is always better. That's why my bookie instantly doubles all first-time deposits. With double the funds, you can double your action, and more importantly, double your wins. Get in the action. Getting in the action has never been easier. I can bet with all my favorite current currencies, including crypto, and with all that extra scratch, why not get in on the biggest matchups of the week at my bookie? As we inch closer to the NFL playoffs, there are some pivotal games to be on the look at, lookout for this weekend, including a showdown between divisional rivals and the 49ers take on the Los Angeles Rams behind, behind MVP candidate Matt Stafford. The Rams are looking to continue rolling as they take on the fierce 49er defense. The Rams are legit. Bet them to cover the spread. Don't wait. Head to my bookie today. Redeem your double deposit bonus so you can get in on the game and start winning now. Use our promo code HW to receive, I'm sorry, high and wide to receive double your first deposit instantly. That's promo code high and wide spelled out so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. My bookie. All right, Nat and Jack. What the hell happened tonight? Oh my God. It was just, it was all time low, it felt like. And then out of nowhere, how do the Flyers win this game? I know one reason. Yeah, it's the obvious. <laughs> you know what this is? That's the Vesna Trophy. <laughs> that is. All yeah, right, for real. People, I mean, away, because certain people, and rightfully so, definitely hated on Hart, even during his good seasons, uh, saying that he wasn't so good away. And I know it wasn't a West Coast trip, but still. Away in Carolina, the were they 10, 10 and one was the record yeah. even better than that. Um, only lost to Florida, who oh by the way leads the entire league in points, um, and they beat him in regulation. What? And Carter Hart plays, in my opinion, I know it wasn't a shutout, but probably the best performance in a Flyers jersey. Just that's just the way I see it. Thirty nine saves on forty shots for Carter Hart tonight. Incredible, Nat. What'd you think? Well, I mean, it was all Carter Hart. And I think the team knew that going into the third period that they had to do something for him. Um, I mean, first of all, all those penalties, I was like, I mean, if you're a Canes fan, you're like, oh, why are we snake bitten right now? You know, but it's just like someone was watching over us tonight. <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain it. Because it wasn't excellent play. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there were some angels in the outfield hockey version stuff going on tonight. Yeah. Um, I mean, Carter Hart was amazing. I mean, but when you think about the disallowed goal, which came right after the, the I don't want to call it a high stick because it counted goal, you know, you're thinking the wheels are coming off. It's amazing we lasted this long after that first period. Hart can only give us so much. And uh, smart um, challenge by AV in the second period. Uh, I think it was against Seth Jarvis, who, Jim, you know I'm a big fan of. I oh, love yeah. Seth Jarvis. And uh, he gets called up already. I'm like, oh, this is it. We're done. And they bounce back tremendously. Um, you know, I mean, power plays. 
probably the one thing that you look at tonight and go, wow, if anything really sucked, except maybe the first period as a whole, but still um, amazing. And they pulled that off in regulation. Absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, like the first period, like you knew that they were playing a 10 and one team. They're like, we're just out here to survive right now. You know, that's, that's all we're doing. We're not going to try to score. We're not going to try to, you know, we're just going to keep the puck out of the net, hopefully. Michael, winning everybody money in a couple months. Carter Hart is plus 1,900 for the Vesna. I'm going to go throw a hundo on that as soon as we finish the episode because if he plays like he did tonight, easy money. You know what? I'm going to go to my bookie, put $1,000 on, double my deposit, and put $2,000 on Carter Hart tonight. Don't want that drinks, though. Don't look that. <laughs> yeah, don't. Just delete whatever you're thinking. I got to take – I'm not going to use that video app anymore. So here's – we're, we're kind of joking around about this in our group chat. I downloaded this Jiffy video app that I'm recording videos on. I don't know when I did it. I did it after the first period of the Vancouver game, the second time they played. And the Flyers have not been able to score since. I deleted the app during the second intermission tonight, and the Flyers come out, score two goals, beat the Canes. So that's gone. It's not coming back, unfortunately. I, I liked recording. And honestly, videos. two gr- gritty yet beautiful goals. I mean, the bank pass was more pretty. What a, what a play. What a bank. You see teams do that to us all the time. The only time we really do that is like Giroux and Couture behind the net when we already have possession in the zone, usually on the power play. But this to be like a breakout the way it was. And for Farabee, of all people, who we've all been kind of critical of, like, yeah, he had a great start to the season, but he kind of needs to come back and start scoring again and, you know, putting up points. Gets a huge goal to tie that game. Oh, yeah. And then Zach McCown. A beautiful tip off of a Justin Braun shot. Like, my God, fourth line, getting it done. Like, unbelievable. And they hope made they, it wasn't easy, but they made it stand and they steal, steal two points from Carolina. Unreal. And it's a two point swing or four point swing, excuse me, because oh, yeah. we take two, they get nothing. Like, that's, and that was an, that was an away game. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> I mean, what can you say? Like, all right, let's let's kind of try to dissect this game a little bit. So the Flyers come out in that first period, and they look discombobulated. They look dysfunctional. Yeah. I'm not going to go as far to say as maybe they were nervous to play, you know, a team like the the Carolina Hurricanes. Because I don't know, do professional players get nervous to play against other professional players? I'm I'm not sure, but to me, it looked like the Canes were were obviously the more confident team playing. Um, they were very they were. They were decisive with the puck. They were playing with conviction. Uh, as soon as they got into the flyer zone, they were setting up almost instantly. And if you watch the flyers, they weren't able to set up in the cane zone. You know, they would counterattack, get a shot off, and it would, the play would go right back the other way. And it was like, here we go. We're gonna. This is what's going to happen again. Um, so, so I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts uh, on, on the first period there, Nat. Did you think uh, that was going to be the, the whole game? Did you see the, you know, how yeah, did you see this true. game playing out? I thought it was going to be the whole game because they switched up the lines a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God. I mean, they switched it again in the third, and it works, you know. But I thought that was going to be a problem. But you were thinking ahead. Like, they came off a 3-0 loss. Yeah. So you knew they were going to be out there not – they could either be extremely ready to go or out there just hoping not to get scored on. Yeah. And they want the latter. Yeah. I think Natalie had it perfect when she said – um, they just looked like a majority of that game, especially first period. They just wanted to survive, mm-hmm. you know, and it reminded me of the start of the Toronto game in the sense that they weren't playing sloppy, terrible. And you bring up, are they nervous? Uh, I don't think they were nervous. I think just, 
I just think they knew they were the inferior team and played very cautious defensively and gave up a lot of neutral zone play and found themselves defending. Now they took their chances, but they were few and far between. Uh, and most of that was because they got gifted so many power plays, which they did absolutely nothing with. Like I was, what a joke. I mean, we're at the point where we were a few years ago with Hackstall where we get a penalty and we're like, we'll decline. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just, it's okay. It's no problem. Just don't call one against us, you know, which to the PK's credit has been phenomenal. But again, I keep saying this, your best player on the PK is your goalie. So back to the first period, I, I just think that they had all the opportunities in the world. Five on three was one of the most pathetic five on threes I've seen in a long time. Didn't they give up a two on one on the, or was that a, uh, another a breakaway. Um, play? I'm thinking, yeah, breakaway. Ball, I mean, George Stall <laughs> comes out of the box and he, he gets one great opportunity. Uh, Hart did make the save on the second one, but I think time ended in the period. I remember thinking they took a penalty against him. I was like, Oh my God, why, why did they blow the whistle? Luckily the period ended. <laughs> We're on the power play. We're on the five on three, and I'm relieved the period ended. Like, how bad is that for the Flyers' power play? Thank God we're sitting here laughing about this. Like, yeah. if they, yeah. they would have lost, this would be a whole different show. Like, thank God. Yeah, there's a lot of those moments where you're like, oh, no, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> we're on the power play, and I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, oh, my God. Like, just in absolute dismay. Like, it was, it was terrible. Another comment from Michael. Michael made a couple bucks tonight. Mike, thanks for hanging out with us. So Michael won 80 bucks. Joel Farabee scored and we won. Coots, co Coots cost me 23 on the empty net. That's all right, man. You can't win them all. Listen, up, uh, listen. What, 50 bucks? If there was like 50 seconds left in the third and Coots missed that where he did, I'd have been pissed. There was only like 23 <laughs> seconds left. So I was like, all right, they probably should have this, you know. But like I was, I did get a little upset, but I looked at the clock immediately and I was, I was relieved. Yeah. Um, before we move on, we have another comment from our buddy Ant. Ant, thanks for hanging out as always. Nice win and great game by Hart. He has been so good this year after that first game. We gave Edmonton and Carolina their first loss at home. Remember, the glass is half full. And he's right. Carolina and Edmonton have a combined record of 20 and 5. Almost half of their losses have come to the Flyers. Think about that. That's pretty cool. Huh? <laughs> the Flyers um, are undefeated against those two teams. Yeah, undefeated. Yep, against two of the best teams in the league. There you go. They're going to have to play the, the Canes a couple more times this year. But, uh, yeah, you know, maybe that's a, a momentum-building win. You know, like uh, they, didn't, they didn't play their best game. All they needed was one really good period. And really, you know, thanks to Carter Hart. And the Flyers could have folded. You know, it could have easily went the other way. So I'll give them credit as a team, but can't continue. You know what I mean? So uh, before we move on to the second period here, let me just get the box score out of the way before I forget this. So the Flyers were outshot by 12, 12 shots. Canes had 40 shots on the night. Flyers 28. Flyers got dominated in the faceoff circle and uncharacteristically dominated. Like they didn't just lose. Carolina made them look a little silly. So Carolina won 58% of the faceoffs. Uh, very rare to see that from the Flyers. Both teams went 0 for 5 on the power play. For the Flyers, on one hand, the power play sucks. It's actually broken. They need to figure that out. On the other hand, Jack, we talked about this, I think, the other night. Flyers' penalty kill is kind of locked in, right? I don't remember the Canes having, I mean, you know, over the course of five uh, power plays, you're going to have a couple chances, but nothing that really stands out, at least to me. Do you remember anything uh, really scary on the power play? Um, not, I mean, there were a couple of ones, but just the, your typical power play open shots where the goalie usually has time to get over, but there's still a good chance of a goal. Yeah. I do think Carolina blew their own 
chances. Mm-hmm. There was a play in the first period behind the net. I don't know who it was, but he had Tony D'Angelo sneaking up. And if he'd have passed it to him, it would have been a goal. But it hit the back of the net and just like went sideways. It's like, wow, we just mm-hmm. lucked up there. We just lucked out there big time. Um, but for the most part, they've, they've cleared it. They've done what they had to do. The faceoffs got better as the game went on, and it probably had a lot to do with that. I thought I remember seeing that the, the Flyers were like first in the league or third in the league. Third, one yeah. was first and one was third. It was Carolina and, and the Flyers. And Drew and G got dominated. I remember seeing an 0 for 8 or something. Yeah. Like ridiculous. Like five for Couturier, three for Drew. And, you know, they came around a bit. But, wow, that you can't have that at all. I think that's part of the reason why the power play was so well, – they couldn't get set up. And they're terrible at setting up, especially with TK. I love him. But, come on, when he bring he's helping you set up, like he's just low IQ all day, um, but yeah, for, it was it was concerning. So for the night, Drew finished with forty two percent of faceoffs. So he he kind of got that up a little bit, and Couturier only twenty seven percent. So he didn't really, you know, he he won a couple, but uh, uncharacteristic <laughs> there for the night. Yeah, good. Nat, did I cut you off? No, I was just saying like they still like are suffering from like the power play wasn't broke, but they tried to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I, is it in their heads that it was broken and that they can't, you know, correctly, you know, execute? You know, I, I don't understand whatsoever. We got a comment. Go ahead, Jim, so I can go. <laughs> we got a comment from Cliff. Cliff, if you, if you just now tuned in, it's all we've been talking about the whole time. We're kind of getting to the third period. We talked about the first and the second. Uh, so Cliff's comment here for the listeners who are going to listen to this on the pod and that aren't watching live, obviously. Can we not just whine about the negative and celebrate a goalie stealing a game for us? Happens for all good teams. The goalie is part of the team. Let's talk. Kata hot. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to talk about in this game? The main positive, the main reason they won, hey, through most of our lives, if not all of our lives, we're finally seeing a goalie for the Flyers who can do this. Because usually it happens to the Flyers. Remember all the years watching the Flyers play uh, Martin Brodeur? Henrik Lundqvist, where you just know the Flyers are playing amazing, out shooting the other team by 15, 20 shots, and what happens? They lose two to one or one nothing, and it's like, I wonder what it'd be like to have a goalie like that. Well, we got one finally. You know, go ahead, Jack. That was well said, <laughs> and that was great, and I agree with you. I'm gonna let you finish now, and but like my our point with the negativity play, like. You saw how good Hart played, and they still gave up a goal. They were still down in the game. So to actually be a playoff team with Carter Hart's play, if he keeps it up, which I think he could and should, um, you have to have a good special teams, particularly the power play. So that's why we're talking about that. You ain't going that far with that power play. And I do think it, as great as this game was, and a Hart straight up stole one. You're not going to steal every single game. When we get to the playoffs, it's a completely different animal. You need to be productive. So that that's why, one, we're getting to the third period, which was one of the third periods I think I've watched in quite a while. Um, we are talking about what went wrong in that first period, and that was a major thing that is going to be a lingering problem throughout the year. Yeah. And it had a lot of, a lot of vibes of um, Hackstall where they fell to pieces you know, they just weren't good. Nothing, nothing would work for them. They did. At this point, they fixed something that didn't need to be fixed. And now they're all screwed up. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Like, like 
did Ryan Ellis really matter that much? Didn't he play on the on the second power play? No, he played on the first. Did I he remember play on him. The first? Yeah, it was him and Yandel at first, and um, he he would take um some shots that were like had no business going in, but they were def- you knew they were going to bounce off the goalie's pads. Yeah, you know, there was going to be rebound goals, purposeful rebound goals, and he took something off a shot to make sure the puck hit the net. You know, which is something this team could not do, does not do. So, you know, it went a long way, especially early on. And he uh, contributed against that Kraken game the last time we had a goal by a defenseman, which is still a thing. Hmm. So, speaking of defensemen here, Michael's got another great comment. Kristalinen has been playing well. Still think he has another gear offensively, but he has killing. He's been killing plays and getting the puck out of the zone. Got the apple. Uh, was it on the first goal? I think it was right. He got the assist. Yeah, yeah I mean, either either way, it was a secondary assist. Didn't mean much. Lawton was the one who nailed that bank, mm. and um, Braun shot, and it was deflected. So, yeah, I'm glad he you know you plus he helps your plus. Another count. another bright spot. Can we just how many games in a row are we talking about Justin Braun? By the way, I don't want to take anything away from Mister Lyon because we're going to get back to him. But this guy doing it defensively. Blocking yeah. shots looks very sound, and he's creating chances on offense. Like, who is this guy? Well, I have a real question here. Was Shane Goss's bear holding Justin Braun back? And is he no. unleashing his full potential? I'm just kidding. But Stop. oh my, like, what's happening? Like, the only person Shane Goss's bear held back was himself. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like like this is like Space Jam or something. Like, there's aliens that have just taken over Justin Braun's body. Like, what is happening? He looks completely different. Like every time I, I like a defenseman does something like really well, you're, you're like, oh, that's Braun. <laughs> yeah. And they mentioned him on the show. If, uh, if the season, ends, I know we're only 10, 11, 12 games in, if the season ended today, you'd get the Barry Ashby, the best defenseman award. And I, I, hundred, I 100% agree with that. Like he's playing out of his mind. Like what's going on? He's a psycho. He did, so they, they had their defensive play of the game outside of anything goaltending related, just the defense. And it was Braun, his stick work in the middle. Broke up like what would have been like a dunk goal, and I have to agree. I was like, yeah, that was definitely defense player. Like, like it was amazing. It was, he made it look so easy, but like, you know, taking away passing lanes like that is huge, and it yeah. just turns over the puck and gets the puck out of the zone. And you know, he's I don't know if last year was his like trial by fire playing on that top pairing again, a lot more minutes, but um, he's making it work this year. I, I you know I think it's a full team effort, but he's definitely been positionally a lot better and. Um, yeah, you know what? He's a big dude. He handles some guys, which I like. I'll be honest, I like seeing that. Yeah, there's just like a maturity this year. He's like just playing very wise and very, you know, he's not out of place. He's, you know, he's like, as soon as Ellis went out, he's like, okay, I'm Ellis. You know? For real. That's what happened. <laughs> That's he's so like transferred into Braun's body or something. Oh my God. <laughs> I just pictured the I'm Ron Burgundy with with, with Justin Ball. I'm Ryan Ellis. <laughs> hey, he's, so he's putting pucks on net. He's getting assists. He's yeah, really defensively. Like, like he's not he's not this this good, right? Like he is he's not as bad as he was last year. But like I'm I'm in awe of what's happening this year. Like you can tell, like. This is not Justin Braun. Like, what is he's happening? So, Who is this he's man? So big, and Ellis is so small. 
<laughs> I don't know if you guys are Game of Thrones fans, but it's like when Bron or Bran takes over Hodor. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how well he's playing. That's Ellis is just vicariously playing through Bron. I think so, man. I mean, it's got to help that, you know, the defense is more consistent this year, too. So when oh, you yeah. have everyone helping you out, as opposed to last year where, you know, there was maybe like Provorov was ugh, okay last year. And that was the only person on defense you could look to. But now sure. you have six guys who do good things. For sure. You know, no, I like that because um, it's not that that point isn't just for Braun. It's for Hart. Like, I really believe you guys said he's playing with confidence. And a lot of that is because this this defense is a somewhat enough sound unit so that he can play confidently. He's not cheating. He's not starting Lake Tahoe games with a 2 all no. Against oh Boston perfection line, Lake Tahoe. You know I, mean? I still can't believe that happened. Like, it, I like, thought it about that happened. the other day. Yeah, don't ask me why. Uh, it <laughs> it's like, did that actually that game actually happen? Last like, season actually happened, Jim. Last season, <laughs> that was just a catalyst. You know, remember like, how excited and, we were for that, and then it was just. Yeah. Well, we're we're not. we're not very smart. Like, <laughs> we talk about this team every game. Um, yeah, but like that's what I'm saying. Like he because of how the in bronze has a lot to do with this. How the defense is playing overall. Hart can play his game. Hart is going now going on the road, pitching like Dominic Hoshik esque performances. Like it's it's amazing. Like it, it it trickles down to everybody. And we do have a comment here from a Canes fan, Tashi. I'm going to try to pro uh, pronounce your last name, Kashi Tumbapura. Tumbapura. I heard a. Rrr. Did you hear a rrr? I'm <laughs> I think uh, it's the rolling of the tongue. <laughs> so comment from Kashi, Canes fan, what a game by Hart. Yeah, maybe uh, the best we've seen from Hart in potentially over a season since his first season. I mean, it wasn't a shutout, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself or, or too overly excited. Best game you've ever seen from Carter Hart? I mean, have I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Now you go ahead. No, well, no, no. I'm, I don't. I don't know if I will say it's the best game I've ever seen, just because I, I don't think I remember all of his games. That when he was wonderful, you know. Um, but it's certainly this season. Yeah. But I mean, he he's been fine. He's been great this season. So, but tonight was like everything was on his shoulders. I mean, he was making. He was the obvious star. Like he was like the obvious. You know. Here's what stands out to me the most, like. He's not making spectacular saves. Like he's not out of position. Every time he makes, you know, a great save, it's because he's square to the puck and he's not giving up rebounds. Like yeah. he's he's just not giving up rebounds. It's amazing to watch. And every time he makes a save, his whole body's in front of the puck. You know, he's not diving across the crease or or scrambling across the ice. Uh, he he looks very confident, very sound, and I think that's huge. Like Michael could be right. Like it's time to put some money on Hart, maybe. Yeah, like, even like the post game interview, you're like, oh man, this this guy's gonna be the captain someday. Wow. <laughs> you know. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. The confidence is flowing, like we were saying, and I'm gonna go as far ahead to say I do, in my opinion, from what I've seen, uh, I do think it was his best game. And I know this wasn't a shutout, and that's the first thing that's gonna get thrown at me. But I like, look at the goal. I'm like, how the what the hell was he supposed to do about that one? You know what I mean? So I'm going to say it because he just – he didn't make any desperation saves like Jim is saying because he was always positionally there. But how many how many save, how many many breakaways did he stop first off? Like th four, three? I mean, I know Stahl's second chance might not count. But he had 
he was square, like you said. He was there, but his angles were so perfect. So many shots would like hit off padding and go into the crowd. Like he just got enough of it. These were well-placed shots. There was a few right in the bread basket, but there was plenty that were just off a piece of equipment, just off the glove, just off of this. And when it got late in the game, he got a lot better at controlling his rebounds, particularly icing the puck when it needed to be iced. I think there was a chance for like 12 seconds last uh, left rather there was like there was that's when you knew the game was over he just scooped that shit right up and he's like yeah we're this this is done we're done here and i just he was so in control of that game it was unreal like he was the general on the field you know and i just i've never seen him i've seen him get shutouts i was there live when he got shut out against arizona he was a thousand times better in this game it was unreal and i think like his positioning and whatnot and his confidence up there and it made i think it made the canes players take weaker opportunities and that's like not the against the canes players it's to hearts credit because when you see he's in their that, head he's in their head a bit he's in their head yeah yeah you saw that with aho late in the game where uh he was shaking his head after uh, opportunity he had and even jim jackson was like it's probably a shot he usually has and he's like looking down shaking his head cursing to himself heart had their number he just did the only goal they got was a fl- really goofy fluke you know like nobody like straight up beat him and he made that stick and yeah, I think he was in their head, and that ultimately was why they were able to pull off a two-to-one win against a very good team. It's amazing that they won that game. I have no idea. I mean, I keep wanting to say I have no idea how they did it, but Carter Hart, you know, and then they were able to sneak out two goals. Frederick Anderson, I mean, in the offseason, Jack, you can attest to this. I was mind-boggled, you know, how they could let – um um, what the hell's his name now? Nadal Nadalkovich mm. go right, and you know, of course, they go to sign Frederick Anderson, and I thought it was a downgrade because of how Anderson played with Toronto. Uh, he was on the way out. I mean, they let him. They let him go. Signs with Carolina. The guy's got a under two goals against uh, average, one point seven four. I think they said it was before the game. So I mean, the Flyer, the Flyers only scored twice, but you know, it's just they did what they had to do. They did just enough to get the job done. And, hey, a goalie stole them a game. You got to love it. I mean, that team is top of the league. And for the guy running the high and wide fantasy hockey team and a guy who drafted um, Frederick Anderson under the hopes that this defense was as good as it was supposed to be, we've seen that from Carolina. So the fact that we snuck just enough by to win – you really need it hard to be hard to beat this team and especially the way they started that game. So the fact that they were able to get just enough done, I remember tweeting in like the second period, like Jesus, it's been almost six periods. Now you have to go back to what the capitals first period was the last time they had scored at this point, you know, yeah. and get one for the kid. They eke out the win and he's, he plays the way he plays. Uh, just absolutely it, it needed to be done to beat a team like this, but they still pulled it off, which is very impressive and very uh, looks good going forward. I mean, we keep on saying like they had like really no business in winning. I mean, much of the second period, they played very well. In the third period, they played absolutely fine. Yeah. Well, third so. period is one of the best periods I've seen all yeah. season. That was a, they were fantastic. Everybody heart, you know, I don't think they give up any like crazy chances. Was the Risto play in that period where he kind of didn't like, Sanheim getting, you know, face 
mushed in the in the glass and he went after a guy but kind of let up an opportunity. Hart continuously shut them down. But that yeah, the bank pass was one of the better goals I've seen all season. And McCune with a, a sick assist. Like it's just the angle of the whole thing was just great. And yeah, they were very good in the third period. I mean, one of the best third periods, especially against the competition I had seen. Um I think uh, I think a lot of us, to your point now, and it's true. Like going into the season, we expected a lot, but there was a after Jim downloaded that friggin' app, and after the Vancouver game, <laughs> they looked so bad against Calgary. Didn't score a goal. I'll be honest with you; they looked pretty rough against Arizona. Like that was really a more of a one nothing game than it was three nothing. Like those last two goals, one was an empty netter. The other one, the goalie was going to the bench, had to rush back. And got beat five hole. He was never in position. So, like, they snuck by the worst team in the league uh, in that game. And Hart also looked phenomenal. And then, like, they lose to Pittsburgh. You're like, what the hell was that? Pittsburgh has nobody. Martin Jones stands on his head against Washington. Kind of makes you chill a little bit. And then they look like assholes against Toronto. And this game started out the same way. It's like, come on. So, I yes, start of the season, we should contend with this team. The way they've been going lately – I understand some of the, you know, the, uh, I don't know. Cause you know, the only team to beat this team was Florida and they're looking damn good as well. Like I'm kind of optimistic about the tough schedule now though. I agree with that. I mean, I expect them, any other team would, would spank Dallas tomorrow. Even yeah. cause look, Martin Jones is probably going to, I mean, I don't, don't want to jinx it or anything. I'm not going to wood right now, but I, I expect a strong game from him. Like, you know, there's a chance. I, I just think that, that they carry the momentum into this game. I have a stat. Yeah, I don't think we see a bad game for him. I think he's due for a bad one. That's why I don't only... say that. Not after this. This, well, this momentum. Is, won't happen. This game, this great <laughs> moment. The momentum is flowing. Don't say that. What if I <laughs> told you start. guys through 12 games that the Flyers would have given up the second least amount of goals, not just in the Metro, not just in the Eastern Conference, but in the National Hockey League? The Flyers have only given up 29 goals, tied for second least with the New York Islanders. Only the Carolina Hurricanes with 23 have given up less goals than the Flyers. Yo, if you're in the same stat like section with the Islanders and Carolina, then you're doing something right. Like, if, let's be real. If they can figure out the power play and figure out a way to get a couple extra goals, the Flyers could be dangerous. So, so Jim, one of my favorite like uh, comments in our our uh, HW chat, I think it was Josh Bright. He said, um, "Carolina plays defense just like, or four checks yeah, and plays defense just like the Islanders. Everything is borderline interference." Yeah. And I was like, I feel that way all the time. Like, God damn it, that's almost a penalty, but you know it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's, that's why they're so good at like keeping goals off the board. And to be in that category with those guys, I mean, something's got to be going right. They play like the coach. You remember how Brendan Moore used to play? Like he was, he was yeah. very, he was tenacious, like 110 percent, and uh, like no BS. And and the, like the team plays exactly like how Brendan Moore is. And like it's 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 very cool to see because we're huge Rod Brendan Moore fans, right? Oh, you yeah. just don't want to see that happen against the Flyers. You know, they're a tough team to play against, and the, the fact that the Flyers are able to get two points. I think it's outstanding. Uh, great way to kick off the weekend after, especially after the, uh, the snooze fest that was, uh, what was it, Wednesday night now or Tuesday? Yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday. Had I a mean, great. Can I be honest about something with Brendan Moore real quick? Yeah. So people ask me, all, like, well, not personally, but I see the question all the time about the, the Keith Primo trade with him. And I'm like, I'm like, I remember Primo at the time. Like he was an 
absolute like amazing player. Like he was a captain. He was great. A lot of qualities Brendan Moore has. Don't get me wrong. But like at the time, Brendan Moore like put the Flyers, or I'm sorry, Keith Primo put the Flyers over the top. Like he was just that good. And he had the 20, 2004 playoff run. He was absolutely amazing. Like I understood the trade at the time. He was a stud. Since then, uh, <laughs> Brendan Moore has been absolutely played forever. Captain Stanley Cup. It's like okay. I still probably lean Brendan Moore understanding. I'm, I'm sorry, Keith Primo understanding of the times, and that's up for debate. I'm not arguing. That is up for debate. Since then, <laughs> as a coach, as he continues to kill us in our division, it's like he he is an absolute. He's a, he's already won a Jack Adams. His team's in second place, and they got one loss. Like Rob Brendan Moore is is killing us. Absolutely killing us. And mm. he'll never leave Carolina. He'll always be a thorn on our side forever. No, and that absolutely there. sucks. So if you can get points from this team, you take them and run. Absolutely take them and run. You know, and I was thinking the other day, I'm like, I, I miss the hockey of the late 90s. And I'm like, you know what? Carolina is the closest thing. Wow. And I assume that's all Brindamore. Must be nice. Well, well said. I have no And look what's that. happening. Like, you can win by playing. You know, hockey like that these days. Win a lot. Good figure. Win a lot. Yeah. Uh, also worth mentioning. So let's let's go down the Metro standings real quick. Carolina Hurricanes still in first place, tied for first with 20 points with the Washington Capitals. Flyers beat the top two teams in the Metro. Four points. Haven't given up any. So that's positive. Uh, currently third place are the New York Rangers with 17 points uh, with the game in hand. Flyers sit fourth with 16 points. And then we'll, we'll just go down here. Fifth is the, the New Jersey Devils. Sixth is Columbus. Seventh is Pittsburgh. And just like we all predicted, the New York Islanders are currently in last place with 12 points. They also have the least <laughs> amount of games played with 11. Wow, man. Yeah, who would have thought? I mean, the Metro is a dogfight. I don't know how much long. I don't know. I don't know if New Jersey and Columbus can can stick it out the entire year, but sure is fun so far, huh? Or not. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just saying it's a roller coaster. It's gonna be a roller coaster yeah. the entire year. Just like the Flyers team itself, the whole division is gonna be a roller coaster. Listen to me, like Columbus, New Jersey, and insert one more team better fall off at some point because there's no way we're keeping up with everybody playing like this. Like, come on, Columbus is what seven and three, and last I checked, they were tied three three with Washington. Like they, what, they like, swept out uh, the Avalanche last week. Beat him twice in a row. Yeah, like, crazy. Like, this is no like one for Voracek. Like that's bullshit. And, <laughs> and like, hold on, what's the score? It's um, all right. They lost. Thank God. In regulations, four to three. But it was close. Like it shouldn't have been close. What the hell? Like it's we can't keep up with this. We really can't keep up with this entire division. Like being this good because you're not getting a wild card. They have enough. Teams good in the other division, Pacific. I forget. Uh, uh, they changed the names. I forget. Um, Atlantic, whatever. Pacific. Yeah, listen to me. It's Fucking an ocean. Wrong, wrong, wrong ocean. The ocean uh, division. And I just dropped an f bomb. But no, like they have enough top heavy teams where if you're even dreaming about like a wild card spot, you're not getting. It. You know, it's, forget it. Florida, Tampa, uh, Boston. Am I forgetting somebody? Like I'm sure there's one, at least one more team that's going to yeah, make it difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. You're not getting. You're not getting it. Um, and 
every single team in this division has got a, easily an above 500 record. We're talking about the Islanders being in last place, who you know will find a way to nail and crawl into the playoffs just to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. So that means a lot of teams are going to have to drop off. And I was getting, that's one of the reasons why we were getting worried about the Flyers and their lethargic play. You know, like it was like you can't take games off. So, hey, if they get some reinforcements back pretty soon and at least keep up in this month, at least we'll keep pace. It wasn't like two years ago when the Islanders won like 17 or 18 in a row or something like that. Like they were like nowhere and all of a sudden like they almost like set the record or tied the record. Or... I remember when the Blackhawks did it back in the day, but that was a that was a long that was like 2016. But um, yeah, I'm sure they went on some kind of run. They probably had like one overtime like loss in there. Eight, like I like, think it was like a, they tied their record or something. Hmm. But they had like no business, and all of a sudden they came out of nowhere. First for wins in a regular season, like in yeah. a row. Yeah, it was like I mean, December-ish or something. Or I don't know. It, I mean, it's 35 wins. That's a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, the undefeated streak. Yeah, yeah, I think it is around that. Uh, I'd be I'll shocked have, if they passed it. The, no, the no, team they I remember it was like seventeen or eighteen. It was some kind of record, probably for them at least. Oh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it was <laughs> a lot. I'm sure it was a lot. I don't think it was the you know the NHL one. But uh, yeah, th- that's the Islanders. Though. Like they they mask themselves as this mid level tier team, and then they do enough to get to the playoffs, and then they turn it on in their style of play over a seven game series. They've been in the Eastern Conference Finals the last two seasons against Tampa both times. Like, how good is that team actually? And who do they really lose? My Eberle? Like anybody else? The Islanders. Uh, they added no, they, they added and Chara. Yeah, they see. So they never had real star. I mean, after they lost Tavares, they never had like a real star to take over. No, kind of I guess Barzell's guy every night. Thing. I mean, they lost Lee last year too, and they still were as good as they were. So, I don't think. Oh, you know what? They lost um, one of their. Didn't they lose somebody on the fourth line? No, I guess not. No, they kept Zizekas. It was everybody else. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're just weird like that. But um, this division this year, they can't play around too much in the regular season if they're gonna turn it on in the playoffs. There's too many good teams. They can't beat up on the Flyers like they have in the last what nearly a decade. Yep. You know, I think a season like last year was uh was perfect for a team like the Islanders. They could just beat up on the teams in their division, uh, you know, eight times a year, however many times they played, and then uh, you know, play their brand of hockey when they get to the playoffs. Um, you're seeing it with Montreal too. I mean, it even benefits the Flyers. I think, you know, the Flyers having to play their division all of last season was like a death sentence because their division's all built for the playoffs and Flyers weren't necessarily uh, I don't want to open up a can of worms, but the way their team was built last year was not built for the kind of hockey they endured for an entire season. And, it, you know, it was evident. It was clear because they were pretty bad. Um, I, I'm interested to see this year because I don't think I, I think I said it before the season started. I don't think the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. I don't think their lineup is built to withstand an 82 game season. Like usually, you know, the, the teams at the end are the faster teams more fit and then when you get to the playoffs you got to be able to change up your style of play the islanders are old and slow right i, I don't know where their goals are going to come from they were really fast don't. for a while though i mean i i wouldn't say they're old and slow okay i, mean, I think when we used to play them a lot i always thought they were one of our faster opponents well uh, like we said with true. carolina like when they turn it up offensively 
they know how to play offense. Yeah. But when they play defensively, it's like everything's borderline interference, you know. And that, that's why it was they had guys like Anders Lee who can play both side, both ends of the ice like that. They have a lot of two way forwards, uh, and then you mix in Barzell in there, who's just fast and dazzling, and some of those like hard nosed guys that do they just ram it home were always able to finish it. Um, you know, they also had a lot of secondary and even tertiary scoring. One of the better fourth lines in the league with uh, Zizekas and Clutterbuck and Matt Martin. Uh, and then you got guys like Josh Bailey, like scoring for you, like guys like that. Like they just threw out their entire lineup. They have guys that you're like, I would like him on our team. They have a lot of those guys. But I, yeah, they are getting a little bit older. I don't think they're slow, though. I do think that certain players on certain lines on that team can turn it up. Um, however, and then you got to look at their goaltending too. Like that's been pretty strong. Oh yeah. Sorokin's, you know, really, you know, but just still like if they play around too much in the regular season, cause I agree Jim in the sense that they do what they got to do to make the playoffs. And then they change up their style of play. They have to, and they're much better at that style of play, that style of play, mm -hmm. but they have to be careful because this division's too good, yep. you know, and um, we're going to have to see more of that speedier breakout style of play. And if they can't, if they, I, it's so early. I'm, I'm not ready to go that route yet, but um, I'm keeping an eye on them because if that happens, that'll be very intriguing and an opportunity for the Flyers to jump up and you know take their spot. Maybe they're just complacent too because it still has been like a lot of the same guys for a while, and you know it's, it's like we got none of them are. There's not too season. many stars on the team, so how long is that going to last? So that's yeah. like that's a good point in the sense that it's very hard for the team that goes to the Cup and loses to come back. And they're like almost that team. You know, they're the team that goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. They pushed Tampa to game seven and lost by a goal. Like Montreal, what, won a game? You know, like they were – that was like more of the cup was that Eastern Conference Finals. They're the only team to push Tampa to the limit. And they played them two years in a row and got came up short. Maybe there is some complacency there. Maybe there is that like adding – um a 40 something year old Chara and a almost 40 year old <laughs> Zach Parise wasn't exactly the, the, to tip the scales that we needed, you know, and they got a lot of money tied up. So it's tough, but maybe, maybe that has something to do with it. You know, it's early. Maybe they're doing what they do and we're just falling for it again. But I, I could see there being something there and it needs something to get past to take that next, that final step. All right. So, before we wrap up, because we're about 43 minutes in, Flyers' next game is tomorrow night versus Dallas, who at 4-6-2 and two, have not yet won a game in regulation. Dun, dun, dun. They play to, they, obviously, they play the Flyers tomorrow night, so you know that that first regulation win's coming tomorrow night. That's my jinx. That's my reverse jinx. Um, you guys want to give out a prediction for uh, tomorrow night? Uh, I just hope they don't go to overtime. <laughs> um, God damn it! All right, we're gonna we're gonna win four to two. I'll say four to two. I was thinking six to three. I'm like, I can't see a Flyers scoring six. They goals. did just lose six. <laughs> to that means your power play has to be pretty decent. Oh, maybe this is the game they figure it out. Are you I feeling mean, six two, Ellis, Jack? Is Ellis no. likely tomorrow? What's that? Uh, I Ellis did see likely? it. Yeah, I saw Ellis is is more likely than Hayes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that their power play only gets one, but it gets one. You know, okay. I think they get one, and it's bullshit, but they get it, you mm -hmm. know? 
it just counts. So, I mean, and they should win, even with Jones. They should. Dallas is having a tough time right now. They're coming off of uh, just such a performance. Like, how do you not have the momentum going into that game? Back-to-back wins would really, um, really save what started out as what could have been a not-so-great week with a 3 nothing loss to the Maple Leafs. Um, who would, I mean, I don't know who thought the Flyers were going to beat the Canes. They did in regulation. Um, a win tomorrow night. Hey, four out of six points is not the end of the world. Well, Another let's be real here. Week. Let's be real here. We all predicted, most of us, I think, wins against Toronto and Dallas in a best-case scenario. It is much better to win against Carolina and either other team just for the point swing. Yeah. Uh, like exactly. that, that is – which nobody suggested. Well, I think you picked three and zero, Jim. But still, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but that—that's you know, I'll take that. As bad as the Toronto game was, it's one game. You know, like yeah. if they go in and they win two, it doesn't even need to be regulation. They're a Western Conference team. Like just as long as they get two points out of that game, this week will turn go from what I thought was you know, let's sell. No, I'm just kidding. But like I was really upset to. Um, <laughs> Nice for well halfway through this gauntlet of a month. Although most of the games are still coming up, and but it's off to a pretty decent start. I'll, I'll take that. So tomorrow is pivotal in that sense. Yeah, I, I think we think sometimes we act that the Flyers are worse than they are just because of the division that they're in, and you see the standings. But there has been so many positive things this year, you know. Oh yeah, Carter for Hart, sure, baby Carter Hart. Come on. Yep. I mean, they're contenders. I, uh, we're we're uh, very quick. We're very quick to. Yes. Um, see the worst in things you know, absolutely we've been burnt so many times so many times it's true so once again carter hart 39 saves on 40 shots flyers win two to one in regulation against the first place carolina hurricanes how about that so uh with that boys and girls that's going to do it for the episode thanks for hanging out with us as always next time you catch us live it'll be for another hw post game show Tomorrow night, Saturday, after the Flyers vs. Stars. So for Natalie and Jack, I'm Jim. Make sure you drink your green stuff, take your vitamins, enjoy the rest of your night, have a safe weekend, everyone, and we'll see you tomorrow. Green stuff. <laughs>